I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome back to Oops the Podcast. I am Julio. I am sitting next to and joined by Francis Ellis. Mm-hmm. Francis, I like the shirt. It's floral. It sure is. You're wearing all black. I'm wearing something uh, a little more dull. Dude, I gotta be honest. I would have, and I, I grant I wear this every once in a while, but I would have a better outfit today if I could get it in my fucking bedroom. But my girlfriend was hunkered down in there on a work call for like two and a half hours. Yeah. I couldn't even get in there. Granted, I should have planned the morning better, but I didn't, I, I didn't know how long she'd be in there. So we might end up having to start sharing our schedule. Wow. Which, a, a shared google calendar like just so i know specifically when because dude like if you have to get every single thing out of your room like four hours before you have to leave like are you going to get every specific thing you need you sure aren't you might not you know no. and like it's all good uh and obviously her work's important so what has it done for you to watch her in her professional mode so i've seen it already like when i th- that's the thing like when i during the whole COVID, COVID situation. Does which her is company have still like happening, a, a bring your boyfriend to work day? Or no, 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 no. But dude, since the work from home, she's never been to her office. She's, she started the job during COVID. Right. Um, and I've, you know, stayed with her parents in California and seen, kind of seen her working. And then when her roommate had COVID and they were displaced, we stayed in her sister's apartment together for a week. It was a studio. I've seen her in the zone already. Um, so I, I sort of know what to expect. It's impressive for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but, amazing how much they know. <laughs> what your our girlfriends? Yeah, because think about this. I mean, they know different languages of business. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Whereas our business is not so far off from the language that we speak to them. And in and around them. Right, right. We don't so have like a, hey, Francis, just jumping in here. I'm just going to jump in here. It's not as if we perform <laughs> comedy or are on our podcast speaking with British accents. You know what I mean? It's not so dramatic because we try to be funny to our girlfriends. Right, 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 so right. So we just talk no, normal colloquial speech. There's not a lot that I say on the podcast, if anything, that I wouldn't say to her in private. I know, I know. Like, Whereas, there's, there's not a lot of small talk in our life. Yeah, she doesn't get into it with me about, you know, the margins of software sales, right? Because she knows that I am not versed in that, right? Um, it is interesting. You're right to hear overhear that. One thing I noticed recently, though, that actually um, has been really hard for me to to cope with, is I have been listening to her on calls laughing and the laugh that she has on her calls <laughs> is very different from the laugh that she has when she laughs at me <laughs> and i called her out on it <laughs> you and i was like why is the real one i was like why are you fake laughing all the time on these calls and she goes that's my real laugh <laughs> <laughs> and i was like that's it's good. so different from how you laugh at me. 
she goes, well, I know you'd feel bad if I didn't laugh. <laughs> so I think she fake laughs at what I say a lot more than she fake laughs at what these geeky software guys are saying. I'm losing to those dudes. Yes, you are. In terms of the funny department. Yes, and that are. is devastating. You better learn some more vernacular, man. Start speaking to her in her fucking work language. Yes, that's it. Being man. like, happy Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy Friday, Boy, everyone. Uh, Mondays, right? Oh, my God. We're back. Dude, that's great. Bro, I don't know if any any of the OG Oops fans have noticed this, but Francis and I have actually switched our placement uh, next to the mural. I know. It happened a while ago. Oh, I'm in the red now. Francis is now on the other side of the mural. I didn't even realize I gotta be honest, man. I feel like these placements suit us better. Is that so? I don't know. I like the red. I like mixing it up. You look good, dude. Uh, the red makes you definitely pop off of it a little bit better. Francis is currently ripping his other sock. Oh, no, no. This is sock week. Oh, no. Sometimes you got to rip through your, your clothes. The because rally sock. If I don't, if I don't ruin the sock completely, I will keep wearing it, and it has holes in That's it. That's smart, dude. It's really important to anything that has a hole in it you to get rid of it immediately. Throw it out. You gotta throw it out, and I wouldn't have thrown it out unless I had made the hole a gaping chasm. <laughs> I needed a maw through which my sock could, my foot could could poke. That's very funny, dude. Yeah. So I, Hillary and I are now do our laundry together, obviously, mm. like in, in the same thing. And I, when I come on the pod, I wear these athleisure pants a lot of the time. Yes. Um, not always, but sometimes. And it's funny. I don't know what it is about the material of these pants, but like her underwear gets stuck inside the pants. Mm, keep going. And I'll just like, if I don't be careful, like I'll just be walking around with like her underwear <laughs> in my pants. I can just look like some weird fetish or something. Yeah. It's like, I just got to really be careful. Mm -hmm. So today when I walked out, I actually left it on our kitchen table because I couldn't go in the bedroom. So she's going to be surprised to find... A clean pair of her knickers yeah. sitting on the table. How's it going so far? Dude, it's going great, man. I mean, it's a big adjustment. We are in a corner unit, not to brag. The problem with the corner unit is that it's fucking loud. Mm -hmm. Like we, our bedroom is next to, I'm not used to having to hear that garbage truck situation yeah. in the like, morning. I feel like you've told me this before. Really? Yeah. Dude, it sounds like they're doing atomic bomb testing in the yeah. fucking middle of, <laughs> boom, it's like, crazy stomp is rehearsing out there besides that it's been it's been really great yeah literally it's fucking blue man group getting back together it's crazy and then, yeah not to mention like riddled in screams from crazy people mm -hmm. um however all, all in all it's a really positive experience it's nice just moping around in my underwear fucking do whatever i want yeah um do you feel that you need to put on decent clothes when you wake up in the morning because she sees you now and you don't want to just be some schlubby guy that she lives with interesting um i don't like I, I i try not to mope around too much because what are you wearing in the morning like I, said, I don't want to be schlubby i usually will be showering like in my morning routine as far as since when we've lived together i've i usually try to exercise in the morning and get it out of the way so like inherently mm. i'm just like out of the house nice or like if i am gonna be there it hasn't gotten to a point where I feel self-conscious. Like I'm not just like sitting on the couch watching TV while she's working. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like trying to fill the day too. I find, and I find that this is something that you relate to. Granted, I know that you have some response work responsibilities during the day. I find that when I attempt to adhere to a conventional work schedule as much as I can, it ends up uh, giving me the most happiness in life. 
it feel, you feel part like you're part of society Absolutely. and I don't feel isolated and lonely. Absolutely. So I try to make those hours the hours where I'm doing stuff mm-hmm. work-wise, even if I have to make up something. Yeah. And then granted, I'm not making it up. It's not, it's not worthless. It's like, what can I be doing to better myself today? And I try to do it during those times. That's great. That's great. You know? Does she wake up, get to work, and put on nice outfits, business kind of attire? instantly no no no. so she she stays pretty casual in the house i see she looks her like casual get up is cute though i think it looks good on her mm-hmm. um and she has like five or six different sets of the same like sweatsuit situation got it that she wears um got it and um you know she's up and at it pretty early it's funny i actually implemented i i, I suggested this and i didn't do it in like a mansplaining kind of way i was like hey listen like every time i've rolled o- i roll over in the morning i see you on your phone and I think that you could benefit from the phone out of the room trick. So Dude. we tried it last night for the first time. We, yeah, yeah. You know, and she's like, well, I'm going to need an alarm clock. Then I was like, well, we can do the alarm clock on my phone. Cause I'm not as bad as, as she is with that. I don't roll over and on my phone immediately. We, both of us cannot handle when the other person is on the phone in the bed. And yeah. so we don't do it. Interesting. Yeah. Cause if I do it, it annoys her. And if right. she does it, it annoys me. <laughs> well, that's good that it's mutual. At the, least. Fu- the bed is a sacred sanctuary. Yeah. Of where there should be no, you know, connection to the the whatever the cell phone towers. The yeah, dude, totally outside I've, world. I, I've had to coach her on this because when I met her, her bed would looked like a fucking power grid. There's like computer Oof. wires, computer, and she's not. She's she's a a tidy person. But she doesn't mind like having technology in the bed. Girls, a do heating that. pad. Fucking, does your girlfriend have a heating pad that she uses? Is that for cooking? No, to put on yourself. Like, oh. I'll be in bed with Hillary for hours and not realize she's had a heating pad on the whole time. It's not for cooking; it's for the body. <laughs> I was thinking it was like a hot plate, like something to flap, you know flip some flapjacks on. I've talked to a couple in girls. Bed. <laughs> No, dude, I've talked to a couple of different girls and they have said to me that the he- their heating pad is one of their most important things as well. Does she put it on her back? On her wherever, her stomach, her back. She like, and sometimes she'll blow dry her feet in the winter. What? <laughs> and I don't know if this is th- something that's unique to her, but from a lot of girls that I know, they've said they do some, some version of a similar thing when it comes to that kind of stuff. Wow. Not so much. You, you're not as familiar with this. Um... I guess I'm not, but I'm lucky because I think that couples, one of the most, um, I don't know, important things I think for for two people who are dating to have in common is their comfortable temperature range. Oh, interesting. Um, And I run so hot that I can't date somebody who runs cold. Right. But, but... I'm assuming does you run, still run hotter than your girlfriend, right? Not by a whole oh, lot. She is really comfortable in the cold. Interesting. In fact, she might even be more comfortable than me wow. in the cold, which is one she's one of the few people I've ever met for whom that's the case. Because I, you know, I grew up in Maine, I'm a redhead. So right. those two things my whole life I've just been man, we moved to Maine when I was 4 <laughs> years old. The first, we moved in, I think, December uh, when I was four years old from New Jersey to Maine. 
and we rented a house. And the first year that we were there, the average temperature, you can go back and look at this, the average temperature in Maine from for that winter was two degrees. Oh my God. We had a lot of days that were like 10, 15 below. That's so cold. It's not that way anymore, which is a scary sign of you know right. global warming. But Maine doesn't really get below freezing anymore. That's wild. When man. I was four years old, I mean, our driveway was a skating rink. So would you have to have like tires with the chains on them and stuff? Yeah, and you'd have to have a local municipal guy come in and sand your driveway. But even then, would you pay? Would you? Was it like barter system? You pay him in wine? It was no. I <laughs> I think cigarettes? it was like part of the town's oh, okay. duty. They part would of the taxes come in and sand your driveway. I'm pretty That's sure. Crazy. I could be wrong about that. It's amazing how you know the further up north you live, the more equipped you are. Like the higher north you live, the less likely you are to have a school day or sorry, a snow day at school. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even my girl who's from Chicago, she said that like they rarely had snow days. Like we had snow days kind of all the time. We would have at least four or five a winter. Yeah. Uh, I would say four to five was like a a medium winter. There were some winters where we had eight. And you were probably getting crushed with snow though. We were. There was the ice storm of 98. (laughs) I wonder if any New Englanders listening will remember this. The ice storm of 98 where... I feel like most of the eastern New England seaboard lost power for like two weeks. I don't remember. We didn't have power for two weeks because it it rained and then froze. And then all the boughs of the trees were so laden with ice that they they broke. They splintered off, landed on power lines and oh just God. eradicated the power grid. Oh, my God. Um, and so we were, you know, we were pouring... For some reason, we, I, mean, I remember we like filled the bath in order to have drinking water. Um, all of our it's food crazy. got spoiled. We were keeping it outside. Crazy. It was crazy. That's wild, man. Yeah. Like hunter-gatherer life. And then after that, we ended up buying a generator to Smart. avoid that. And then, of course, the power's never gone out again, probably. Well, we would, we would <laughs> lose power. We lost power pretty frequently just because there were trees everywhere. And they right. would always fall in Falling big wind storms on power lines. Um, well, dude, in the last episode, uh, I kind of touched on this briefly in one of the ads, but we are looking forward to having you guys over one of these days. Oh, yeah. And I got to be honest, I'm a little intimidated about the idea of having you over. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm a little intimidated. Francis is such a good adult host. <laughs> and, you know, I like to think that we're catching our stride. Like we had a couple people over for Hillary's birthday last weekend or whatever. And hopefully, you know. We we starting to get it down, but I still am worried that like Francis is gonna walk out of the apartment and they're gonna have a comment. He's gonna be like, you know, like they left that banana bread in for too long, or <laughs> or you know, I really didn't like the tiles in uh, Julio's bathroom, uh, <laughs> um, or you know something, you know. And I'm just really like nervous about that. That's that's so silly and I unfounded, and I hope you don't uh, you don't let that eat at you at all because. We are there to hang out with you, not mm-hmm. to experience and, and draw from the fruits of your apartment. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to like the apartment. It's nice. Yeah. Um, We're so excited and, and we'll so have, happy for you. Thank you, man. And we'll, we'll have my signature cocktail, which is room temperature tequila <laughs> with, lime, with lime shards. Neat. <laughs> Neat. Nice. <laughs> 
floating lime filaments. The kind of lime pieces that you have to floss out of your teeth. Julio collects those and throws them in a drink. Well, dude, the other thing that I'm worried about is you guys are so social. It's unclear to me what will be like the optimal day to have you guys over. We're not that social. Whether it's a weeknight or whether it's a weekend. And I don't mean whatever. Maybe you're not that social, but you guys seem to have a good thing going with your group of friends. I think the issue is that whenever we hang out with you, there are a lot of other people that are around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But we love, I, I actually prefer small group hangs. Interesting. You know why? Because we're at an age now where the conversation is interesting. Right, right. People have shit to share. Yeah. When we were younger, it, it wasn't interesting. Everyone, everyone was telling kind of the same story. Yeah. We were all just talking about times Stupid we got fucked gossip. up. Oh, uh, Julia or, was getting blown on the trampoline. Yeah. Caitlin was underneath it the whole time watching him. Dude, True think, story, think about this. When we were younger, <laughs> wait, 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 I, I, I should have listened to that. Say that again. <laughs> I was saying, Julia was getting blown on the trampoline and Caitlin was underneath watching the whole time. Is that real? It is real, yeah. My the, first, what's wrong with Caitlin? I know, I don't know. They like thought it was funny or something. They were like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Dude, I don't know. Whatever. But yeah, fucking, that Yikes. was my first, my first, uh, you know, oral sex experience on the wow. trampoline. Wow, and you had a you had a voyeur. Bill Padula's backyard on the trampoline. <laughs> uh, there was a voyeur, apparently. It was unclear for how long they were down there. Was it just her or were there other people? It was her and someone else that were down there like watching and laughing. And one thing, dude, one thing that's interesting about partaking in oral sex when you're young like that is you, you don't realize that oral, and maybe I'm wrong about this and you guys can correct me, but oral sex is sort of like a stop on the destination. But when you're young and like before you're like really super sexually active or whatever, you know, you, you, that's the whole night. So like you spend a much longer time doing these things than the average person would. Hang on. That's not where I thought you were going with that. Where did you think I was going? What do you mean it's the whole night? Like you just got a blowjob for the entire evening? Yes. No, not for like the entire evening, but that was the, that was what we did. We were going to, we were going down on each other. It was sort of like planned in this weird way. Like I heard it through the grapevine that I might be getting that, that might be happening to me. And then like, you know, I would say respectively, we each spent over a half an hour down there on each other unclear that like it's not that easy of a thing to do if you don't really know what you're doing so no, we kind of right. were like bumbling around trying to figure it out i think we had a nice time though ultimately <laughs> it was memorable you know boy that's a, that is an adorable story <laughs> that is so that's so cute charming it's it's youth i was a late bloomer man it's well it's great that you had somebody who you were both comfortable enough to use each other as sort of a study chart i guess so you know that's what that is even though and and also that you were comfortable enough to have the the giggling goons under you if someone that my first oral sex experience if someone had been under like under the trampoline directly under me watching and laughing i would have been fucking that would have been terrifying so they once we finished they began to giggle and then ran away. We hadn't noticed that they had been there the whole oh, time. Oh, you didn't know they were there. I, again, I don't know how long they were there, but all I do know when we got up and sort of bounced our way across the trampoline to back onto the ground, because we know 
After you mess around a trampoline, you then have to bounce your way off. Yeah. Did you um, do any fun bouncing? Yeah, no, no, no. Fortunately, that could have gotten ugly. Yeah. Uh, I dude, would. It's very hard for me to be on a trampoline and not bounce a yeah. little bit. <laughs> so, dude, now it. I wish that this had happened before. Okay, so I had this girl who I was like really obsessed with. You know, sophomore, junior year of high school. Nothing ever really happened because I was too much of a wuss to kind of like go for it. And then I got friend zoned. Dude, it was to the point where one of her best friends even took me and gave me a makeover. I got a makeover, bro. Hmm. I got a cartilage piercing as part of my makeover. Jesus, that's quite a makeover. We went to, my mom gave me like 80 bucks or something to go shopping with. And I think that maybe she expected me to buy a few things, but I bought one outfit. I bought Abercrombie jeans. They were like a little distressed and ripped. I bought an American Eagle polo shirt. that was green and blue, horizontal stripes, which did not look very good on me, to be honest. And a white undershirt, a hemp necklace, mm-hmm. and I got a cartilage piercing, and I showed up this new man, and then I went in and tried to kiss her, and she kind of turned her head away from me. It still didn't work out. Oh, all of that for naught. Isn't getting a makeover cringe? I got a make- full makeover. Did you tell your mom that you were going to go get a cartilage piercing? Or did you just uh, trigger that I don't that think yourself? they cared, but dude, in retrospect, that cartilage piercing was bad, dude. Fortunately, I had kind of like long, shaggy hair, so you can really see it. Where is it? It it was it was here. Has it grown back in? You you can tell that it was there, but it's no longer pierced. It's been sealed up for a long time. That sounds nightmarish. I've I've never had a piercing, and I've never wanted. It's... I probably won't get another one. But no. dude, so that girl, she graduates. I'm now a senior in high school, right? Yeah. And I had still never like I was still a virgin, and um, she was going to hang out at these college parties. And she was dating somebody and she, we were now just friends and she brought me, she's like, Hey, and I met a girl at this party who was a senior in college and she was on the, the volleyball team. Her name was Ashley. And Mm -hmm. I would lie to my parents and drive down to New Haven to see her. And Quinnipiac. No, she went to university of New Haven. Wow. But I'm glad that you didn't think that I was trying to say Yale. I wasn't going to go. Well, (laughs) the reason is I can't see a, a Yale senior hooking up with a, high schooler I, no, does that I, make that's sense fair. Uh, totally yeah. totally so university of new haven and i go down there and dude like i think that she expected that we were gonna have sex but i just like didn't know how to make that happen so we would just like make out in her bed and then one day she stopped texting me back mm-hmm. and like that was a real bummer like mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't think i was too afraid to like i know touch her chest or like touch her butt or i know that put my hand i was so afraid it's just crazy how you just get over that hump someday and then it becomes normal but. yeah yeah, you gotta. It's tough though, because you you, learn. you don't know what you're doing, and you're you're totally intimidated by the body. Yeah, and the and the fact that you know you're allowed to. Yeah, it's, it's, here's this woman's body in front of me, and, this and is a woman. She's there's 22. something even scarier about being like like for me. I, I don't I don't even remember, but I think the first time I touched boobs, the girl placed my hands on them. Okay, like kind of ripped me out of my sort of locked holding pattern my the limbo i was in <laughs> the, the fugue the neck state. up <laughs> yeah and was like here planted them on there <laughs> this sort of like whack-a-mole situation just yeah. the neck up yeah dude that's funny so so she was like here francis this is like an american pie moment i don't i don't i think it was i was seventh grade i was at a it was a dance there was a that this like church and then there was a bathroom downstairs, and we went into the bathroom and made out. He touched some boobs, and then she put my hands on her boobs. But I, as you said, it was all choreographed beforehand. We had discussed it over a, a instant messenger. 
No, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, I knew... I want to make out with you. I want to make out with you, too. I knew the schedule. I knew <laughs> the flight pattern. I just couldn't get the bird off the ground. <laughs> and fortunately, I had an experienced first officer who could direct, <laughs> you know, the, yeah, the ship. Absolutely. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now, and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast... I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running it's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. All that is to say that uh, you, you know, your first oral experience. <laughs> what brought us into that? Because the, I have no idea. Um, Julia, you were talking about how when you you like hanging out with like people, a couple one on one because you actually have things to talk about. Great point. And then nice. Julia slipped in that. Julia went down memory road for our pedophile listeners at home. Um, yeah, that is fucking. So great. okay, so um, when we were younger. In our in our early twenties, I remember thinking that there were two kinds of nights. There were nights where you would hang out with your buddies, where mm-hmm. you could have conver- oh, honest conversations. Yes, and then there were nights where you'd hang out with the ladies, where everyone you kept the conversation safe or whatever. Because you're everyone's trying to hook up with each other, or well, when you hung out with your buddies, you just talked about hooking up with girls the whole, whole right, time. Right, 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 and then. And then when you were with the, the ladies, it was, I don't even know what you talked about. You probably just played, you know, drinking games and stuff pre-gamed. But, right. but then now we're at an age where, you know, you sit around a, a dinner table with four people and everyone's got something interesting to say, mm-hmm. finally. Right. And it, it, you know, there's, there's usually not a weak link. Mm-hmm. Your girlfriend could tell me about her job and I know I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. Whereas the jobs we held when we were in our twenties, you know, nobody wants to hear us talk about fucking tennis or tutoring for all that long. Maybe yeah, I guess. I, what what is it? What is it about being at our age that makes the sort of like sitting at the dinner table fun now we, when it didn't used to be? It's it's there's enough to go on. I think there's enough fuel for the the two to three hours to not feel drawn out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can de- we all can dig deep into our bags, yes, of uh, of stories and and rehash and rekindle and talk about plans and talk about yeah. yeah. There are we know the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. We know it's not going to just stay on some surface level. You know, we all know each other. We all, or we will get to know each other well enough that people won't be afraid to ask more probing, intimate questions. Right, right. Um, and and I find that you know, especially. With with our generation and this this young generation, I think that I've had some really interesting political conversations. Um, Not cocaine fueled. Yeah, correct. <laughs> but but where you get a sense of where people are and where how people feel about you know the crazy events, 
And I'd so much rather listen to a 31-year-old or a 33-year-old talk about that than a 70-year-old person or certainly a 20-year-old person. Right, right, right. This is the age in my mind, and maybe I'm just biased, but like where I feel like people aren't so angry about shit that it's tough to handle them talking about it. Right. But they're informed enough that you don't listen to them and think like, what the fuck do you know? Right, right, right. Dude, I don't know about you, but my a lot of my groups of friends lately, I've noticed that, I don't know if it's like a sign of the times or something, but people, my friends love to try to predict the future in this way that's annoying. It's like, oh, the way we're heading this or that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Do you know, do, do you know people who do that? Well, I think a lot Nobody of people. Nobody knows. Exactly. You don't know. What makes you think you know, dude? You know, type of thing? I agree. Not you specifically. I mean, no, I agree. I, I think. It's so it's so tough. It's you know in so many ways. I don't even think I can. I just assume that I know very little Mm -hmm. about about big things like housing markets. So this is a good point. I think there that's a good way to approach any conversation in a way because you know what you know. So let's just assume you know what you know, and let's assume that what you know maybe isn't as much as what other people know. It doesn't change what you know. By entering a conversation acting like you know everything, but then you just know what you know, you look like an idiot. Whereas there's a way to approach a conversation with humility. I know the things that I know. I'm happy to discuss them. I value what you have to tell me too. We don't need to lecture each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. we can discuss and learn from each other maybe. Like maybe you know stuff that I don't know and I'd love to hear that, you know? Like why can't that be a more prevalent thing <laughs> in conversation? Um because people's personalities are deep seated. Right. And somebody who is accustomed to speaking and holding court mm-hmm. and and convincing people mm-hmm. is not gonna back off a topic simply because they're not an expert on it. Right. Right. They're gonna fake it till they make it because that's who they are. Yeah, and I, I feel really uncomfortable for some people sometimes. Like I can tell they just started reading the news or something, and now they think they know everything. And I just like feel I feel uncomfortable. I feel bad for them. Right. It's like this is not a likable personality. <laughs> right. You know? Um. We have our lanes. Yeah. And I have no problem with anyone who wants to lead when we're on the topic they know the most about. Right. Um. But if you just assume if you just take that momentum and ride it across all the colors of the rainbow it's you have you become someone that i don't want to hang out with again i think one of your pals sticks out to me as a guy who is very pleasant to talk to he knows a lot of shit he can talk about it with you if you share something with him if he knows about it he can add to it he doesn't have to be like oh you know that well i'm gonna show you that i know more and like I just find him a very pleasant person to be around. Who is it? it I, is it like weird to say? Say his name. Your buddy Bill. Bill's the best. He's just a great guy to talk to. He knows stuff. He's a great very sense of humor. Smart. He's a good listener. He's a really good listener. He has a good He's, sense of humor. Yeah. He'll laugh. He doesn't feel threatened. If somebody's being really funny, he can yeah. sit there and like laugh at the person who's being... He's, he's just a great guy to have around. He's a great guy. He's beloved. He just asked me to be in his wedding. Fucking very exciting. Let me tell you something. There is an, I am racking up gr- <laughs> groomsmen <laughs> invites 
like they are the Pokemon most cards. important uh, measure <laughs> of who I am. Dude, they mean a lot they to do me. Mean a lot. They it's mean important. a lot to me. And I'm not expecting to be a best man, you know, because a lot of my buddies have brothers. Right. So there's the kind of auto best man nod for a brother. Um, but I will say that I think I think a very good measure of how good of a friend you are is how many weddings you're in. Interesting. Because that's a that's a really that is a that is a tap. That's a badge that people do not hand out lightly. Yeah. They really consider who they want up there on to that point the most important day of their lives. Totally. Right? And typically uh they they are doing it in conjunction with the person they're marrying, right? So mm-hmm. maybe maybe there's a conversation about, well, I'm having seven people, so you can only have seven people, or like let's right. let's match it, or you know we're not going to go. You have fourteen, and I have five. Right. So, <laughs> um, you're you're clearly probably have been given the green light by the spouse, right? Too, right. and and to have passed muster with both parties is such an amazing, it's great. Uh, gift what a what a what a vote of confidence and faith what a fun thing yeah and i'm so i'm so honored yeah and and i guess proud of myself like i i take, you should be bro. i take more pride in being asked to be in someone's wedding than i do in some of many of my professional accomplishments yeah dude well that's by the way i great. have no idea if i mean what i just said <laughs> I said that thinking it would sound good, and then I was like, I might have lied completely about that. Have you ever done that? Uh, yeah, I try not to. The minute but you say something, you're like, I don't you're know like, if oh, that was true. This is completely insincere. I don't know if that was true. I don't know if that was true. Like, I would trade three groomsmen invites for a special on Netflix instantly. <laughs> instantly. I will happily sit in the back pew. <laughs> if Netflix came calling tomorrow, that's uh-huh. great. Well, listen, dude. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna lie to people's faces, and you're gonna be a fucking shiesty kind of individual, it coming from a mile away. There's no better way to do it than in a pair of those bird dog that's pants. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> they won't even notice the insincerity because they'll too be too busy staring at that perfect fit on your legs. Uh huh. Uh huh. Wearing them right now, I would wear them to any wedding that would have me. Um, <laughs> I uh, we do love these pants. They've got amazing shorts. They have the built-in liner, so they don't you don't need underwear at this Very point. Very comfortable as men. And uh, streamlining the dressing process is is what a gift. What a it's gift important. to the life of a young man uh, like ourselves. We uh we love the Bird Dogs pants. If you go to birddogs.com and use promo code Oops Hats. You will get a coveted dad hat camo. Julio loves his uh, today. Go to birddogs.com. Gear yourself up for summer. Love it, dude. Cool. Do we do we have a good email here? Good. You want to hop into this? Hey, G, do we have any emails? We do. We do. Let us Great. Uh, get in here. I didn't think that you were saying to the podcast. Oh. We've got an email. I thought you were just saying oh, that to me as an aside. No, no, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. However, that sounds good. Um, but then I remember that you usually go, 
So we have a good email, like <laughs> at, again. <laughs> dude, it's fine. So do you just I'll do, do that. Yeah. All right, dude. So we have a good email, actually. <laughs> and this, I think, will uh, this this is a good one to get the the juices flowing. Flow, flow. This me. is called "Help Me Support My Boyfriend." Hello, Francis and Julio. What is the acceptable amount of time to let a significant other mope around and be sad after losing a job or when their work is not going well? Great. For context, my career is going very well, and my job is demanding and time-consuming. Must be nice. <laughs> In addition to that, I am constantly busy taking care of my slash our dogs. I already had one, and we got another. And fixing and cleaning my big old house. Homeownership can suck. My boyfriend, who lives with me, is rarely working these days, but also does not contribute to cleaning or upkeep around the house. He does occasionally walk the dogs, but I usually have to specifically ask for help. I'm not asking him to contribute financially right now. I'm, I simply want some time and effort from him. After all, he lives here and I resent cleaning up after him. When I give him grief about this, he responds that he is, quote, going through some shit and having a hard time. I understand that, but am I asking too much? We've been together for a few years and have lived together for quite a while. How should I support him? At what point am I just enabling him? So good. So good. It's a good one. All right. I have a good answer for this, I think. Okay, let's hear it. The answer is however long you're willing to put up with it. Mm. Meaning, some people wouldn't be able to stand that for a day. And if you were a, you know, super successful type A person and your significant other, your boyfriend lost his job and woke up the next day with no game plan to move forward and you were like, I can't date somebody who doesn't have a job and you broke up with him and you'd been dating to years and lived together. Yeah, that might be, you might be an asshole, but d do what you want. It's your life, right? Right. There's no rule for how long you're supposed to let somebody take to get back on their feet with the exception of death. I would say, mm. I think that grieving, you do need to, you do need to give them time. And the reason is because you're going to look really bad, right? <laughs> right. But, but even with grieving, dude, maybe you get a longer window, but there's still like, you, you're not allowed to grieve forever. But this is my point. You're exactly right. It's, it's, it comes down to how much can you live with your group of friends being like, you know, the fact that you broke up with him two days after he lost his job or three mm -hmm. weeks after he lost, you know, his uncle, you're kind of an asshole. If, if you can live with that, then right. do whatever you want. Right. I, 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 you don't owe him free rent. You don't owe him months of time for him to brush up his resume and find the energy to get his life together. You don't owe him that. And especially if he's not picking up the slack with all this free time that he has, doing something to make your life better. Right. So I was going to say, I mean, even even when he did have a job, he should be helping with the, all that stuff. Like if, if theoretically, like maybe you don't mind doing it all, but if like just because he doesn't have a job and now you expect him to do more. Like you would think that you guys would be kind of splitting that stuff up evenly to begin with. Ideally. Right. 
And yeah. now that he now that he is going through a tough time or whatever, the idea that like he just was never helping that is tr- a little troubling to me. Like you would think that maybe like the idea that he's just kind of like always been like that. You know what I mean? I don't think it's like a pre job post job thing. It's like he always should have been helping separately. The kind of how long is he allowed to mope conversation is its own thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, um, the issue is he should be more helpful. Yeah. And maybe that needs to be addressed or, or whatever, but, Right. Tough shit if you're having a tough time. Yeah. Everyone is. So many people got fired. And, you know, the bottom line is if he's just moping, I don't know how many weeks it's been since he lost his job, but at some point that's going to wear on you and change the way that you see him. And you're going to just see him as a loser. And nobody (laughs) wants to date a loser. Certainly nobody wants to live with a loser. Right. So at that point, you're going to end up breaking up with him anyway. I, when I moved in, when I made the decision to ask Sierra to move in with me, I was already very aware and accustomed to her work habits, Uh her drive. And it has, I have had the thought sometimes of, you know, if she lost her job tomorrow, what would that mean for us? Mm -hmm. How would that, how would that make me feel? And I have so much certainty that if she lost her job tomorrow, the next day, she would be on LinkedIn. She would be networking. She mm. would be reaching out to old contacts. And because there's an unspoken agreement. I don't even, it may have been spoken between us that this is a working household. We both need to contribute to the rent. We can't live here unless we're both paying the rent. I can't cover the rent by myself. Mm. Um, and we moved in here under that covenant. The lease was our binding agreement that we would both bust our ass to live here. Mm -hmm. And so obviously I would try to make it work if she lost her job. I'd try to give her as much rope as as I could. But at some point, if she's just moping, if she's just waking up, you know, watching soap operas and eating Weetabix in her pajamas <laughs> until 4 p.m. Really bad cereal. <laughs> Weetabix. Um, I don't, I can handle the heat of our, of our co-mingled friend group being like, dude, you're an asshole for breaking up with her three weeks after she lost her job. Because I would be like, well, I, I, I had no choice. I couldn't afford to date her anymore. Dude, totally. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's important to kind of like set those expectations, even at the fear of like, hurting his delicate male ego like tough shit you're the one fixing the house walking the dogs and paying the rent like at some point this guy has to like boo fucking who sorry you're having a tough day pal get your ass up and fucking walk the dog i i you know? I, I, I unfortunately i i i fucking feel bad for women who deal with this because i think women are much more uh generous with the amount of time that they give their partners to you know get back on their feet or to cope with shit. Um, and they shouldn't be. You're living together. You're, she's paying the rent. I, yeah. Oh, this guy sounds like a bum. I, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I hate him. I don't like him. Well, hopefully uh, you guys are able to turn it around. Yeah. And find 
Boy, I really came down hard on that no, guy. That's all right. You know, some, somebody's got to say it. Hope he doesn't listen to the podcast, too. Um, dude, great episode. Good stuff. Good thoughts. Guys, send us your thoughts and emails and DMs and everything. Oopspodcast at gmail.com. At Oops the Podcast on Instagram. Francis, anything? Uh, no, that's it. Add? Check out Julio's awesome content from rwanda oh yeah uh he will be posting that it's it's uh i i've seen a little bit of it it's so cool it's so different thank you um and yeah we have the so the documentary is out the i have a sketch that i had released a version of it previously but we're gonna put it out again a sketch that we made with those guys over there that's pretty funny uh sort of about a guy staying in a airbnb in rwanda um Mm. and it's pretty funny so Awesome. Definitely check it out. Thank you. And we always appreciate you guys so much for listening. It means the world to us. Uh, talk to you soon. Thanks.